In today's episode, we are going to recap our September 3rd issue. Stories include an update of COVID-19 numbers in the community, SRPMIC 2020 general election results, updates from President Martin Harvier, former SRPMIC President Diane Enos among Arizona's Women of the Century, USS Arizona Memorial Gardens wins APRA Best of the Best Award, and seed packages from China reach SRPMIC. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the OAN podcast. My name is Jessica Joaquin and my job title at OAN is ad sales slash news reporter. My co-host today is news reporter Marissa Johnson. How are things, Marissa? Hey, Jess. I just got back from voting over in SRPMIC just now. Yay. Did you get a sticker? Yeah, I did. They look really cool, actually. I Whoever saw it on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. I was like, I want to go vote. Can I just get a sticker? I know I can't vote, but I want a sticker. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty cool. Now, um, my understanding is that they they practice social distance inside. You still must wear a mask and all that. How was it going into into the building and and casting your vote? Yeah, it was not bad at all. You know, they have little um, markers on the ground so that you're six feet away. They have plexiglass set up between you and officials taking down your name and checking your identification and then... You know, they have sanitizer stations, they're all wearing gloves, masks, um, and, you know, sanitizer stations from when you enter and when you leave. Was it crowded? No, actually, no, it wasn't crowded at all, which was really good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, because I know like some of the businesses, if they get too crowded, they'll make you wait outside and nobody wants to be outside and just kind of (laughs) eat. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, got in, got out. We'll get to the SRPMIC 2020 general election results at the end of the podcast. All right, Marissa, let's start things off with the latest COVID-19 numbers from across the community. These numbers were released September 2nd. SRPMIC COVID-19 testing update. SRPMIC enrolled community members living within the community boundary. 294 have tested positive. That is out of 2,594 tests. 251 people have recovered, and currently there are 32 active cases. SRPMIC enrolled community members who do not reside within the community boundary. 95 tests have come back positive. 81 have recovered, and currently, actively right now, there are 10 cases. Currently, there are six community members hospitalized. Our thoughts go out to them, and we wish them a speedy recovery. Don't forget the COVID-19 hotline number is 480-362-2603. Again, these numbers are updated and released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find them on SRPMIC's website or the SRPMIC Facebook page. Up next, we have an update from President Martin Javier that was recorded on August 28th. Hello, community members. I come to you today for our weekly update. I wanted to start off first by offering condolences. Um, We received word yesterday uh, that a police officer from the Thanautham Nation, Officer Brown, was killed in action. We wanted to offer condolences and prayers on behalf of Officer Brown, the Thanautham Nation, their leadership, uh, all of those that are there that are affected uh, by what happened in the, the loss of life. And so from the Salt River Indian community, again, we offer our condolences. 
and COVID-19 and again, the restrictions that we're kind of living under right now, just some discussion that we had uh, with the council and some of the concerns that uh, we have of, we're seeing uh, from our police department and the, the rise of domestic violent cases, the, the calls out for services. And we just want you to know that uh, there's services that are offered here in the community for you to call, to reach out, share that number with others that you think might need this information of numbers to call for, for services, for counseling, whatever it might be. Uh, please uh, utilize the services that we have here in the community. I will also touch on, you know, as an elected official, we do get reports from our police department and we, we've seen a rise of calls from our police department on overdoses here in the community. And, you know, prior to this pandemic, there was a big push by the community on the drugs and alcohol. And, you know, unfortunately, it seems like, again, because of what we're going through, we're seeing a lot of those calls for services that uh, involve our police officers and our fire department uh, being called out to issue service to members. And unfortunately, uh, some of these calls are for overdoses. Uh, reports that we received this year there's been 42 calls for overdoses, 42 calls. And fortunately, our emergency response personnel have been equipped with Narcan. And from the reports that we received from 2018, there's been 52 lives that have been spared, meaning that when emergency personnel responded, there was no heartbeat, there was no breathing, but with the use of Narcan, those individuals' lives were spared, given another chance. So this issue of drugs in the community is very serious. There's drugs that uh, are out there that are very dangerous. And we just want you to know again, that there's services that are provided by the community to help in those areas. So please reach out, reach out to the community, get those services that are provided. I just wanted to touch on that because, you know, with the pandemic we're going through, it just seems like those social issues that we have with the drugs and alcohol, they're still here. And there's just a concern that we have and just wanted to uh, bring that to your attention. Uh, another thing that's kind of going on here in the community, I've been mentioning this for quite some time. And I guess this is kind of what I wanted to close on is that uh, we have the census and there's actually census workers that are going out in the field. Uh, they're knocking on doors. And from the reports that we received again, just this morning, there's still over a thousand homes that have not responded to the census. That's very concerning to us as elected officials. Uh, again, um, when funding is dependent on uh, how many live within the boundaries of your community, it uh, helps with our schools, other programs. Elected officials, they get voted in as far as how many seats are available because of uh, population in your area at the national level, at the state level. So let's be counted. Uh, when you see the census workers come, please open your doors, fill out the forms. Uh, you still have time to do that. Through this whole process, uh, there's been raffles that have been uh, happening. So there's been gifts that have been given. If you participated, I guess there's some uh, rules of being part of the raffle. Uh, there's the rule that there's only one entry per home. 
you have to fill out the, the census and you have to be an enrolled committee member or reside within the community boundaries. Again, there's opportunities, I think, for community members participating in the census to be part of the raffle. There's really good prizes that are given out. But with that, uh, I want to end by just uh, encouraging everybody again just to be safe, take care of your families, and as always, shield up. God bless. President mentioned a few numbers you can call if you need to. We're all going through difficult times, and if you need to reach out, you can call Behavioral Health Services at 480-362-5707. You can also call the SRPMIC Crisis Hotline at 855-331-6432. Also, if you have not completed your 2020 census, please visit 2020census.gov and get that filled out. All right, Marissa, you want to start us off with your first story today? I sure do. Alrighty. So former SRP MIC president Diane Enos among Arizona's Women of the Century. In recognition of the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote in the United States, USA Today in August named 10 women from each state as Women of the Century for their significant contributions to their states, and to the country. One of the honorees for Arizona is former Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Community President Diane Enos. In the August 20th article for USA Today, author Rachel Langan noted that Arizona women fought for and won the right to vote at Arizona statehood in 1912, eight years before the rest of the country in 1920. The 10 women from Arizona exemplify this trailblazing Arizona spirit and making major strides in politics, civil rights, health, law, and entertainment. Enos was the first SRP MIC member to become an attorney. She graduated from Arizona State University, immediately enrolling in law school and joining the Maricopa County Public Defender's Office, where she served for 11 years. She served her first term as SRP MIC president in 2006 and helped transform the community into a role model for tribal communities across the nation. In recognizing Enos, the article states, Diane Enos is a past president of the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community and continues to serve her community as a member of the tribal council. During her tenure as president, she focused on the needs of children and economic development. She is a past chair of the executive board for the Intertribal Council of Arizona. She also is a past chairwoman of the Tribal Nations Leadership Council, which advises the U.S. Attorney General on matters related to tribal law and order. In addition to Enos, the Arizona honorees include U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor and singer Linda Ronstadt. According to the criteria, the women were expected to have a track record showing outstanding achievement in one of 11 areas, arts and literature, business, civil rights, education, entertainment, law, media, nonprofits and philanthropy, politics, science and medicine or sports. Other requirements included US citizenship and having lived between 1920 and 2020. That's a really cool story, Marissa. Yeah, she has accomplished a lot for herself and for our community. Indeed. All right. Up next, we have a story from senior reporter Tasha Silverhorn. USS Arizona Memorial Garden wins APRA Best of the Best Award. The Arizona Parks and Recreation Association held its annual conference August 11th through the 13th, 
virtually on YouTube due to the COVID-19 pandemic. On Tuesday, August 11th, winning landscape design projects were recognized in the annual APRA award ceremony. One of the award winners was J2 Engineering and Environmental Design in Phoenix, which received Outstanding Facility Award for populations under 10,000 for their work on the USS Arizona Memorial Gardens at Salt River. The virtual award ceremony was hosted by APRA Assistant Director Miranda Gomez and Manager Steve Richardson. Both went back and forth reading information about winning design projects. Gomez presented the award for J2 Engineering and Environmental Design. Okay, moving on to the outstanding facility for populations under 10,000. Please join me in congratulating J2 Design and the USS Arizona Memorial Gardens at Salt River. The USS Arizona Memorial Gardens at Salt River honors the brave individuals that served aboard the USS Arizona on December 7, 1941, during the attack on Pearl Harbor. Over 1,500 commemorative columns, each representing a single valiant sailor or Marine aboard the ship that day, outline the actual perimeter of the USS Arizona, whose hull extends across the entry drive of Salt River Fields to the north and juts into the lake on the south. The gaps in the outline of columns represent an individual who survived the attack. Each column subtly glows with light come sundown, transforming the memorial at night and representing that each individual is a light that will continue to go on and stand the test of time. The contemplative memorial garden sits to the north of the relic building, which is a layout based off the ship's vertical mast to commemorate the highly decorated USS Arizona, with each path terminating at a flagpole for each branch of the United States military. Along these pathways are benches engraved with quotations from individuals who experienced firsthand the events at Pearl Harbor. Congratulations to J2. Early on in the design phase of the project, Aaron Allen, RLA, SLA, Vice President slash Principal Landscape Architect of J2 Engineering and Environmental Design, shared his original concept for the facility in Discover Salt River's Arizona Memorial Gardens podcast series. Like on a last minute thing, like I had this idea in my head of kind of creating a the bow of a ship that went out into the water. And I wanted to have this, it be um, acting as like a dam. And so that you would actually kind of go from the dance circle, walk down in below into the lake, if you will. And the lake would kind of negative edge over this wall. And I was like, how cool would it be to walk into the lake, have all this water kind of falling around you and have like this relic piece kind of suspended up above you. So you can kind of get a different perspective of it. And almost transport you away from the rest of the sure. the resort and the all this stuff kind of seclude you if you will you, yeah. you know although his concept was originally chosen it was combined and further developed with a couple of other concepts one of which was approved by the SRPMIC council the more and more that we kind of went through design and development and you know i actually think that the the concept that the council picked really was the strongest um, concept out of the three that kind of had been refined and moved forward. I thought it, it tells the, I think it tells the best story. And I think it gives the, the most opportunity for connection. Tasha reached out to Alan for his reaction on the award. He said, 
We're excited that the project is getting the recognition that it is. We're in a strange time right now, so not a lot of people are utilizing the space as we originally thought due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But hopefully this recognition will give people an insight and they will want to go out and visit the gardens and gain the information and history of the events at Pearl Harbor. For more information on the USS Arizona Memorial Gardens at Salt River, or to listen to the two-episode podcast, please visit discoversaltriver.com. If you would like to visit the USS Memorial Gardens in person to reflect on and pay respects to those who bravely gave their lives that day at Pearl Harbor, the garden is located at the Talking Stick Entertainment District. Its direct address is 7455 North Pima Road in Scottsdale, and it is open from dawn to dusk. That's really cool, Marissa. Have you been out to the Memorial Gardens? I have. I was there during the grand opening. Oh. It is a beautiful garden. I've only seen pictures, and it looks amazing. It looks absolutely amazing. So it's no surprise that, you know, it got an award. Yes, definitely. I would recommend anybody in the area to check it out. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So up next, Marissa, you've got a story from news reporter Chris Pichulo. Yes, I do. So this next story is the sea packages from China reach SRPMIC by Chris Pichulo. If you thought 2020 couldn't get any weirder, mysterious unsolicited packages containing seeds have been sent from China to various addresses within the United States, and the seeds have officially made it to the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community. The SRP-MIC Community Development Department's Environmental Protection and Natural Resources has advised the community members do not open the seed packets or plant the seeds. They have set up a hotline at 480-362-7500 for people to call to schedule a seed pickup. Seed packages arrived in SRP-MIC on August 10th, and as of August 21st, three packages have been turned in. Tribal staff are ensuring that the seeds and packages are being sent to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. On August 11th, Osama El-Lisi, Deputy Director of the USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Services, Plant Protection and Quarantine Program, shared an update on what is known about the seeds via USDA radio. El-Lisi says that experts analyzing some of the seeds have, so far, found very few problems. We do not have any evidence indicating that this is something other than a so-called brushing scam, where people receive unsolicited items from a seller who then post false customer reviews to boost their sales, said Alyssi. The seeds APHIS has identified so far are not uniform or of any particular type. Based on our preliminary analysis of the seed samples we've already collected, the seed packets appear to be a mix of ornamental, fruit and vegetable, herb and weed spices, said K. Cecilia Secura, USDA APHIS public affairs specialist. Some of the species identified include cabbage, broccoli, kale, celery, coriander, cilantro, sunflower, ivy leaf morning glory, lavender, basil, rose, and garden tomato. To address whether or not these seeds are harmful to the local ecosystem, Elissi said, We found one seed that's considered to be noxious weed, called daughter. He continued, Another seed, again, is considered to be noxious weed. It's a water spinach. 
And so that's the extent of our findings so far. We found one insect larva in one seed. It's a leaf beetle. They're common. At least most of the species are common in the United States. But other than that, we have not found anything alarming. The U.S. and China are currently working jointly on the investigation of previous shipments and to stop future shipments of the seeds. Wow, that's very mysterious to pop up. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, I was looking at some of the packages, and if anybody wants to take a look at, um, you know, the, what the package looks like, that way you can you can spot it in your mailbox. You can go to the website, and you'll be able to look that up. Also, Cultural Resources Department posted on their Facebook page a couple of photos as well. So go ahead and take a look at that. All right, moving on to SRP and MIC 2020 general election. Community elects council representatives. This story is by Tasha Silverhorn. Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community members 18 years and older had the opportunity to get out and vote in the 2020 SRPMIC general election. The terms of council representatives Weba Gray, Archie Kashoya, and Deanna Scabby are expiring this year, making three council representative seats available, including two for District 1, Salt River, and one for District 2, Lehigh. There were four nominees for District 1. The nominees included former Council Representative David Antone, incumbent Council Representatives Weba Gray and Archie Kashoya, and a new candidate, Jonathan Upshaw. In District 1, there were two nominees who included first-time candidate Whitney Che Gray and incumbent Council Representative Deanna Scabby. All nominees had to be eligible to run for a seat on Council. Eligibility for a Council seat included being an enrolled community member, register to vote in community elections, physically reside within SRPMIC boundaries for at least one year immediately preceding the election, physically reside in the district which they are running at least six months immediately preceding the election, and must be at least 25 years of age. District 1 community members stop by their polling sites at the Salt River Community Building, and District 2 voters went to the Lehigh Community Building. This year, voters who went in person had to take extra safety precautions as they went to vote, wearing face masks and coverings and following social distancing guidelines by staying six feet apart. SRPMIC Council and the nominees gathered at the Salt River Community Building as the results were announced and certified by the election board. In District 1, Weba Gray was re-elected as she received 442 votes, followed by David Antone with 416. In District 2, voters re-elected Deanna Scabby with 124 votes. Newly re-elected Council Representative Weba Gray, after hearing the results of the election, said, It feels good to be re-elected. It was hard, especially during the pandemic, to campaign and get to know the community, so I had to think outside the box in order to connect to the community. My heart and best interests are serving the community and we're servants as council members. If anyone has any questions or concerns, I am here. Re-elected Representative Deanna Scabby explained that although it has been a difficult time for everyone in the community, she is very humbled to have the opportunity to continue to move forward and work harder as a council representative. Newly elected council representatives will serve a four-year term. Again, your elected council members for District 1 are David Antone and Weba Gray. Council member for District Number 2, Deanna Scabby. That's it for the recap, but as always, you can visit our website at autumnnews.org 
that is O-O-D-H-A-M-N-E-W-S dot O-R-G, to view the entire September 3rd issue cover to cover. Other stories include tips for beating the heat, staying healthy during the pandemic, SRPMIC business owner profiles, and engineering and construction services project update. That one in particular, you all might want to check out because it's updates on the Northeast Ambulatory Care Center and the Cultural Resources Repository, the Residential Treatment Facility and New Fire Substation, Gilbert Road Bridge and Hard Bank Project, Drainage Diversion Channels, and SRFSI Projects. That's all I got. Marissa, you got anything? Yes, don't forget to follow us at Autumn Action News on Instagram and also check out our Facebook page as well. If you have any story ideas, don't hesitate to reach out. Sounds good. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.